This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John, sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, how's your day going, man? Hey, John. Man, day's going pretty good. It's cool. Oh, I mentioned how hot God. it was the last Last episode. week, yeah. It's cool. It's, <laughs> it's like, changed it's completely. It's like 80 degrees. It's very so, nice. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. So, um, yeah. man, what do we got on the topic today? All right. So, today, listen up, you baby faces. I want to talk to you today because today I want to talk about how baby faces don't have to go over they got to get over, okay? So today, we're, I'm going to give you five ways to build a good guy, all right? We're making the good guy. That's what we're trying. And I'm going to give you a few tips on things to avoid as well. So if you know, you know. But it's a lot harder to be universally loved than universally hated. You know, being the bad guy is simple. Be mean. And yes, I know, there's a lot more to it than that. I understand. There's a difference between being a bad guy easily and being like a quality bad guy. I get that. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Um, that's not even the topic of this episode. We're not talking about bad guys. We're talking about good guys. So being a good guy, a baby face, is not so simple, okay? Being nice to people absolutely does not guarantee that they are going to love you. That's a metaphor for life if we've ever said one right there. That goes in every walk of life. But, you know, anyway, I digress. Being, a, being nice does not make people love you every time, okay? So today, we are going to, uh, I'm going to show you five ways that, uh, you know, they work well to make you a better baby face. Let's just say that. And some of them are more advanced, okay? Just letting you know right off the bat. Some of these are more advanced. They're even going to take maybe even uh, the boss of the company, the booker, the promoter, having some faith in you to use your own opinion and stuff. But anyway, let's get to it, okay? But real quick, we've got Strong Style, okay? Strong Style is the first pro wrestling strength training program created by wrestlers for wrestlers. It is available on our website, www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com. This is a gym routine for you, the pro wrestler, whether you've been in pro wrestling for years or whether you're trying to get into it for the first time. If you wanna look and feel and move like a pro wrestler, but you don't have access to a ring, or you do have access to a ring, but you wanna use, you need, you know, you gotta work out, right? You know you got to do stuff in the gym. It's one of the number one questions I'm ever asked is, yeah. what should I do in the gym? Well, we wrote it for you guys. It's called Strong Style. It's on our website. Check it out. I'll put a link in the description as well. Check it out. All right. So before we actually get to the five bullet points of today's episode, the meat and potatoes of today's episode, episode I thought it might be nice to list a few cheap tricks of being a baby face that I really would rather you avoid. Okay, so sometimes these things can backfire on you and cause a negative reaction from fans. And remember, like I always say, there are no blanket rules, okay? In some places, these points that I'm about to tell you to avoid might actually work to your benefit. That's great. That's awesome. I'm going to hopefully open your eyes onto why that could happen. But for the most part, these do not need to be your go-tos, okay? So old tropes to avoid, maybe in pro wrestling. So, um, you know, like I said, ironically, these could work just fine. They, they may even blend well with a comedy aspect that I'm going to get to later. We're going to talk about comedy and pro wrestling later. But um, overall, I cannot in good faith recommend these things as an actual way to earn the fans' love. Number one here, mentioning the town. All right? Yes. That is the old Mick Foley cheap pop. And Mick Foley is a horrible example for you to use 
if you're going to try to argue me on this one, because Mick Foley literally called this a cheap pop on the microphone. He acknowledged it. He was super self-aware that what he was doing, you know, to the point that it was a trope, and to be accepted as a catchphrase. He knew exactly what he was doing, and it was a masterful move that he was able to accomplish decades into his career, right? This wasn't something he was trying to do in the very beginning. He was already beloved by fans. So using this was super easy for him. So don't think that just because he did it, you now need to do it, guys. Um, the a brand new baby face has never been seen before. You kind of come off as pandering when you're constantly bringing up a town's name in your promos, defending a town's honor, especially if you're not even local. If you've never right. been there before and you know nothing about the town, it's a little, I don't know, it's a, it's a little tropish, guys, and you really shouldn't do it. You'd be way better off defending the actual crowds that are there in the house's honor and mm-hmm. things like that like than doing any of that. So um, I'm not going to say it can't work, but I'm recommending you don't depend on it as a crutch. I, I've actually seen this flop, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, they had a, uh, a wrestling group that came in. They weren't a local right. one, but they came in. They had some big-name guys on the card, mm-hmm. um, and it was at the university. So okay. one, so yeah. one of the ba- one of the faces came in and he was trying to get you know to buy into the university right. and get them to like chant the university stuff right and it fell completely yes. like <laughs> no one knew yeah. one because there wasn't a lot of college students there, there. You go. it was the community and yep. I mean it just completely but we were in their uh, gymnasium facility you know? like yeah yeah but I mean it just completely like they're like what is he trying to get yeah. us to do we don't want to say that yeah they might not even went to college here. yeah like, I mean uh, completely yeah. and, and he turned it quick he he was uh yeah. he'd been doing it a while so he went straight he off to that to yeah, something yeah. else and got you know got the pop that he needed and and everything that's but, smart but that too just, yeah that just dropped really quick. Know that too, guys. Like, because you are going to try things at times that aren't going to work, and you got to kind of know when to abandon ship and pivot, jump in the life raft, and go with a different route. So, so there's that one mentioning the town's name. Here's another one that I kind of want you to avoid, kind of very much want you to avoid. Baseless thank yous to the fans. Okay, talk about pandering. Thanking the fans is is great. It's awesome. Um, we're all thankful to the fans. That's great. Awesome. Thank them on social media in post production promos or whatever after the show. That's awesome. Um, thanking them in the ring during a promo, especially if you haven't exactly earned anything from them yet, earned any appreciation, is a problem. All right? Walking out there and just going like, if, if somebody walks to the ring, and I'm sitting in the crowd, and the first thing they do is they start going, I just want to thank you guys for showing up tonight. I got a big match. Then I'm, I'm already just like, all right, get to it. Get to the point. Get to the point. What's going on? Like, what, what are you in the ring now for? Like, mm-hmm. stop thanking me. We're here. Tell me why you're here. Like, get yeah. right to your mission, okay? Remember, when you're cutting promos, you need to assume that people are tuning out really early. Do you get your point across in the first few minutes? You know, because if, if you wait to get your point across in the last two minutes, you might be in trouble. They might be getting hot dogs at this point. So keep that in mind. Um, hold your thanks until the appropriate time. There is an appropriate time, guys, but it's after you've actually earned some appreciation from the crowd. And this one ties right into it. The next topic here, clapping when you've done nothing. So this goes for actual wrestlers. I think I brought this up on an episode a while ago, but I want to really hit it right here again. Um, I really hate this one, guys. Stop begging the crowd for reactions. When the bell, this is what I see. I see two guys in the ring, the bell rings, you look across the ring to your opponent, and then you start clapping your hands just to get the fans to do the same thing. And a lot of times, they do. A lot of times the fans do clap. And then the second that you stop clapping your hands, the room goes dead silent. They all stop too. What was the point at that then? What what was the reason whatsoever at that point? Um, 
if anything, get them clapping deep into the match when they're entertained. Hopefully you've yeah. been entertaining. And now you're deep into the match, get them clapping then. But even that, I'm not a super fan because there's better ways. Um, a, a down baby face can, like, stomp his foot, stomp his heel into the canvas. And then the old Luke Langley trick. I love Luke Langley for this one, but he does a little shoulder shrug where he shrugs his shoulders and fans kind of start to feel it. But he's just really shrugging his shoulders. You don't really know what he's doing, but fans start to feel it. They start to clap. They start to come alive. I love that. Those are far superior ways to encourage fans to build anticipation for your next move. All right? So, please, stop clapping right when the match begins. Nobody cares. You haven't done anything yet, guys. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it just comes off as, as pandering. So, let's not do it, guys. No clapping until you've actually earned the right to clap. Yeah, man, I agree with that one 100%. Yeah. As a fan, yeah. whenever they just come out and they want you to start clapping, I'm like, well, why? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what's the point there? Or sometimes... Uh, in some of the shows I've seen, like they'll hit a move, mm-hmm. and to them, it, it mm-hmm. probably should have got a pop, or right, got, right. and it didn't get the reaction. And then they try to get you yeah. clapping, and then you're like, ah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, you got to do a little bit more, you know. Like I, just, I'm not completely yes. sold into it yet. You haven't bought in yet. Just yeah. keep keep moving, guys. When that happens, just keep moving. All right, I got I got one more for you here to kind of tie up the what not to dos. Okay, and this one is win. All right. The most overrated concept in a fictional athletic event is yes, you've got it. Winning. Okay. I know that it feels good to win. It really does, pro wrestlers. I know that you know that feeling, and you're lying if you say it doesn't. It feels really good to win. I know that. Sometimes it's even crucial. Okay. Like later, I'm going to talk to you about underdog wrestlers. There has to come a point to where an underdog makes that big victory. Like that has to happen. That takes a long time, and that's good. That's how you build an underdog. But uh, it's crucial at some point to win. But winning is the most overrated concept, guys, of, of like being a good babyface. Um, you know, winning is not how you get over with fans. That's what we're really talking about here, right. guys. Um, it can be a big part of it sometimes. But if you are dying on a hill with bookers or promoters that you need to win, that is a guaranteed way to get, guaranteed way to get me, if I was in charge, to never book you again or to seriously question why I had you in the first place. Be confident in your abilities. If you entertain the fans, they're not going to care who won. If you are the most, I've said this, this on this podcast before as well. My intention was always to go out there and be the number one thing they wanted to talk about in the car when they started driving right. home. Whether I won, whether I lost, made a fool of myself, whatever, they would talk about me. Oh, did you remember what that guy did? That's what I wanted, guys. That's what I wanted. And not in a negative light. Like, I didn't want to mess up or hurt somebody and get talked about that way. I wanted to entertain them to the point to where I was the thing that they remembered the most. And it didn't matter if I won or lost. It really didn't matter. I'm going to really blow y'all's mind right here with this one because I actually had an argument with a guy this week about this very topic right here. I would wrestle in one town, lose a match, drive 45 to an hour away, and be the heavyweight champion there. And I had people telling me, you can't do that. You can't lose for another company, and then the very next week think people are going to accept you as a champion in the other company. And I was like, bet. I absolutely will be that person because my performance is going to be the most entertaining, appreciative thing that happens on the whole show. I was yeah. confident in that. I was like, people are going to be okay they bought a ticket because I'm here. That, that's, that, that might sound, uh, whatever, egotistical. I don't know what that is, but I think everybody on the show should be that way, though. I think everybody in the locker room should support. You're all on a team, yeah. all that great stuff, but every single one of you should be feeling like, 
I will be the reason why they are okay that they spent money today. Like, I will be that reason. And it might be that they expected to see you and have a great time, or it might be that you're a surprise. they never seen you before. They see you and they go, oh, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. That's great, guys. So always be that guy. I'm going to be the most entertaining guy on a show. That's, what, that's my goal, whether I'm cutting a promo, having a match, whatever. Um, you know, if you think that you have to win, I'm telling you right now that those smart fans, which, which is what fans get called who kind of are, are on the down low with wrestling, which is most fans, it's 2022, we all know, um, those fans are smarter than you if, you if you think that all they need to see from you is winning. Those fans are smarter than you. So, guys, that's, those are kind of my tropes to avoid. What, you know what, what, I mean? yeah. what was the what was the argument on the the other it, side of that? I'm just curious. Like, yeah, I mean, what, it was he, legitimately. He's saying if you lost in a town that's 45 minutes away from a town where you're the champion, yeah. then uh, nobody's going to believe in you as a champion because right. you just lost over there. And my argument is like, well, number one, 45 minutes. I know it doesn't seem like a long way, yeah. but, but there's not there's a whole different fan base yeah, in both right. areas. So who cares? Yeah, and. Um, uh, it, it was just basically that you're not a credible champion if you're losing in other places. Right. And yeah, and I right. was like, you know, false. I'm having the best match in both places. Yeah. Most entertaining performer in both places. Um, and not a single person walked up to me at this show where I'm holding a championship mm-hmm. belt and said that I do not credibly need that championship unless they were telling me I was the bad guy and they didn't like me. Right. Like that that's fine. Yeah. That that was it. That's it's it's kind of an it's a very old school thing. Yeah. And that like 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 the oldest of old schools would be like um you know like like Rick Flair, you know, went all across the territories back in the day when there were territorial wrestling and stuff and it's like Rick could win or lose any match, it didn't matter no matter what unless it was on television. If you're on television, yeah. he has to win. That that was kind of the old and I get that mentality a little bit way back in the day, keep your champion strong. Doesn't yeah. matter if he loses at the uh the the local armory or whatever. Like that, that's, it has a great match, whatever people will tell people there's no internet. There's no, there's no phones or anything to even record it, but he doesn't lose on television. So, you know, like stuff, that's where that mentality comes from. And I think it's being wrongly applied to like current indie wrestling. We're not the same. It's not the same as the territorial days, guys. You should just be going out there trying to be the most entertaining thing on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you there because I think I, Mm -hmm. I'll go to other shows from here Mm -hmm. and then I'll go up, you know, to Wausau or BA and stuff and go to some shows. So the harder thing for me versus seeing you champion or not champion yeah, yeah. like somewhere yeah. would be if you are a face here yes. and then a heel somewhere else. Because then for sure. I, 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 as a fan, it's harder for me to understand how I'm buying into things there, a little there's bit. There's a continuity clash. Y- yeah. Uh, I agree. And so, I, I've done that. I've actually been that guy too, and it is much more difficult. I, I agree. Um, I, I'm, I, I think it can be done. I've done it. And I think it yeah. can be done. I think it's a lot harder. I think there's a lot more nuance to it. Yeah. There is a... Right now, I had this conversation recently as well. Right now, they're in, in the local organization that runs right here in the town that we're in, the champion and his challenger, like his biggest um, adversary, are a tag team in Tulsa, which is about oh, an hour and a yeah, half away okay. from us. Yeah. So like they're a tag team an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. So that's that's difficult. Like mm-hmm. it, it's very difficult. I have full faith in them. I really like those guys. They're 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 always yeah. typically the most entertaining guys on a show. But like that's a difficult thing to be mm-hmm. um, if you have crossover with fans. And then even if you don't have crossover with fans, the way today's social media social and stuff media, is, yeah. if one of if they're cutting a promo on how they're a tag team one week, and then the very next week they're cutting a promo on how they're hated rivals. Yeah. But it's for different companies. But a fan's not really paying attention. 
they're like, oh, did they break up? Like that's right, kind of yeah. what that comes to. So, uh, guys, it's tough. I get it. It's tough. And that the only way to because I don't I do not believe that a promoter or a booker has to adhere to what another promoter booker does. Yeah. I don't think that the local organization has to go. Well, 30 minutes away, they're doing something different, so we better do what they do. Not at all. I do think that it might be on the talent to be like, look, like I really like your idea. We're a big tag team already in this other area, so I don't think it's a smart idea for us to be rivals so close. Can we do this instead? And yeah. that's very important, too. You need to offer alternatives. Yeah. Like You need to don't just present problems, present solutions as well. So. That's 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 very interesting, guys. That's not the topic today, of course, but that is yeah. super interesting. No, no, that's great. I love. I just had that conversation this week, so it's mm-hmm. good good one to bring up anyway. But all right, the meat and potatoes of today's episodes, guys. These are the actual five things that I think can help you create or strengthen a babyface, a good guy, your hero, your your protagonist in your story. All right, number one is defend an underdog. All right, so. This is not just a great way to establish a baby face. This is a great way to turn a heel into a baby face. Yeah. All right. Um, if there's an established or an obvious underdog already on the show, whether that be uh, it could be anybody, it could be an announcer that's beloved. It could be a, a young wrestler that doesn't have any victories, but people like him as the underdog. It could be a, a manager or anything like that, and they're being bullied by a big heel. Standing up for that person immediately endears you to the fans. Mm-hmm. If the fans love that underdog and they always want them to win but they're always pulling for them yeah and then a big bully comes along and then you come and defend them regardless even though you're still not big enough but you defend them they're immediately going to be endeared to you okay so that's a great way this is exactly how i made my very first baby face turn in pro wrestling it was about four years i spent about four years as a heel before i ever tried to be the good guy and um, i did it this exact same way i had there was a there was a tried and true underdog in a company and the company had discussed turning me into a good guy, which I was very nervous about because I'm super confident as a bad guy, but being a good guy is a whole different story. So I was like, hey, what do you think about doing it this way? You know, you got the underdog being beat up, I come to the rescue and then, you know, whatever. Like the, and it, it worked out really well, actually. It worked out extremely well. So that was one of my, that's a personal story for me that you guys can really um, use. I mean, it, it works. So like, and the side note to this is what I was talking about earlier. Actually, being an underdog is a great way to earn some love. So if you can be oh, yeah. a confident underdog, um, not just the hero coming to save them, but maybe you are that underdog, and maybe that should be your role. you got to kind of know that, right? If you're six foot six and you're 275 pounds, probably ain't going to be the underdog. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. But if you're a smaller-statured guy and you're a talented performer and the fans get behind you because they kind of they kind of sympathize with you, mm-hmm. maybe um, it's our nature to kind of root for the underdog, right? It, it, it takes a special person to play that role, but it's tried and true. You can establish a really great baby face by creating a really powerful underdog. And eventually you get that win, and it, and it all goes up. That's kind of the Daniel Bryan story, right? Like that's the Daniel Bryan and WWE yeah. kind of story. He was, yeah. he was really was the underdog. They, they used it in storylines. Stephanie McMahon called him a – they said, man, you know what, Daniel, you're awesome. I know that people love you, but, like, you know, you're a B-plus at right. best, and Triple H is an A-plus, right? Like he's six foot four. He's mm-hmm. 275. You're – five foot eight and you're 175 pounds like yeah you're you know like that they, they actually just laid it out on tv right. really but that's what they were doing yeah. establishing an underdog but that's a great one guys so defending the underdog slash perhaps even being the underdog yeah. is a great way to create a better baby face 
So here's one that we can all, that one takes a little faith, right? If you're gonna go, you're gonna have to go to the promoter and be like, hey, um, I want to go defend this underdog. You're gonna have to actually lay out a story there. So it's gonna take some actual faith in you as a performer. So now let's talk about one that you can use right now, all right? Be present for the fans. You can utilize that at your very next show and your future show if you've never done one before. You need to be there for the fans before the show, during the show, and after the show. Arrive early. Mingle with the fans. Walk outdoors. If they're lined up outside to buy tickets, walk outdoors. Talk to them. If if you're a good guy and this is going to be your role, that's great. Talk to them as they wait for the doors to open. Take pictures with them. Learn some of their names. Um, Look the part, by the way. So I don't this is something that I was really passionate about. Probably mentioned it, but mentioned it before. With my character, I had my wrestling gear, and also I had my street gear. And my street gear was still a character. It was yeah. not the athletic shorts and the the t-shirts that I usually wear. Just if you see me mm-hmm. at Walmart, right? My character had its own like outside of the ring gear. Stone Cold did the same thing. Trust me, Stone Cold did not wear skin-tight jorts and a what t-shirt when he went to Walmart, okay? That's not how he dresses. That was his street gear for his character. Triple H wore blue jeans and a leather jacket with a denim vest over it. That's not how he actually dressed, guys. That was his street wear for the character that is called Triple H. So you need to have street gear for your character. You really need to do that, guys. Establish that for your character and put that on when you get to the show and go mingle with the fans. Don't just, and here's the real reason why you can't just wear your t-shirt and your basketball shorts, because you're gonna look just like the fans, guys, okay? You're gonna look just like the fans. There's a lot of different ways I can go with this one, all right? Like, like for instance, I've mentioned before, if you're trying to be a larger-than-life character in the ring, then, you know, you don't clap hands with the fans when you run to the ring as a babyface because they're going to see how short you are if you're short. Yeah. So, like, this could apply here, too. But if it doesn't apply, if you're a high flyer, if you're a shorter guy, or if you just don't care, if you are a big guy and it's cool, great, go out there and mingle with the fans, guys. Before the show, while they're waiting for tickets, in the middle of the show, during intermission, go out to ringside. Go out to the concession stand, learn some names, learn some faces, high fives, and hey, let me tell you this one right now. I wish I would have learned this earlier. I wish somebody would have told me this. If you go out to your uh, merch table and stand there, you're going to make a hell of a lot more money. Yeah. I, pro- I, I bet I'll send a $20 bill to anybody that can prove me wrong on that one. I'm telling you right now, anytime I stood at my merch table as opposed to having my wife man it or something, mm-hmm. I made so much more money. They will come right up to the one where the wrestler is. Yeah. And if you are entertaining and and helpful and personable with them and, and nice and take pictures with them and stuff, you're going to have such a better time, guys. Such a better time. Imagine if you go to Comic-Con and it's supposed to be, you know, the Green Ranger, Jason David Frank is supposed to be there, right? But, like, you get there and it's actually just his wife and she's got actual real autographed pictures that he signed, but he couldn't make it. It's just... Yeah. His autograph pictures. Are you going to be more interested in going into that line, or are you going to be interested in going to the I don't know, you know, the the whatever, a different uh, the the Red Ranger who's actually there in person? Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, guys, I I be there for your fans after the show if you have time, if you've helped maybe tear down or, or whatever, mingle with the fans after every pro wrestling show. Fans like to hang out. 
Yeah. They like to. I mean, you got to ease them out eventually. Mm-hmm. But they, they want to talk to the wrestlers. They know that there's going to be this weird little window where they might actually get to talk to a wrestler. Because remember, they want to be you. So mm-hmm. be there for them, okay? Especially if you're the baby face. That's the most important time you need to be there for them. Because then they're going to remember you on the next time. Next time you're in their town, they're going to remember you. They're going to want to see you. Yeah. They're going to tell their friends about how nice you are and all that good stuff. Guys, it's a win-win. They're going to be more willing to buy your merchandise Guys, be present for your fans. That's probably the most important one I'm going to tell you today, to be honest with you. So, number two, be present for your fans. All right. Number three, show no fear. Let's talk about this one. This is this is Daredevil, the man without fear here. So, there's a few ways to go with this one, okay? First off, I want you to stay in your lane performance-wise. That doesn't mean don't take chances. That just means when you do take chances, you need to go for it, all right? You need to be confident when you do it. So if you're not a high flyer and you get on the top and you're nervously attempting something with minimal effort, I ain't going to get you nowhere with the fans, mm-hmm. guys. Um, I'm serious. I've seen it. I've seen guys go like, you know what? I'm going to jump off the top rope for the first time tonight. And they get up there and it's – you can tell it's the first time they've ever been up there yeah. in their life. And then they do this halfway, like, fall. They land on their feet first and splash them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it gets you nowhere, guys. They've seen the most amazing things on TV. That's what you're competing with. So when you go, full send, all right? And it can absolutely get you over if you do that. If you go out there, and I'm not saying you need to jump off the top rope to be a baby face. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you do things, you need to go. Um, show no fear in the face of adversity. Bullying. This is, of course, a storyline, guys. you got a bully in the ring. Get in there. Show no fear. People are going to love you. That goes back to that first one I talked yeah. about, standing up for underdogs or being the underdog and showing no fear in the face of certain doom you know you're gonna get beat up um setting up future feuds or matches you know you can work no fear into your promos that's something you can talk about it's give you some money or some ammunition for your your promos and stuff so you're gonna earn great love from fans who can sympathize with things like standing up to bullies showing no fear in the face of stuff like that is super super important but like i mean so i'm not just talking about storylines like that i'm talking about also like i've seen wrestlers get in the ring and look like they're afraid to run the ropes Yo, Guys, yeah. you can't do that. You can't show fear. If, if Number one, you shouldn't be a wrestler if that's the case. But anyway, if you're in there, then don't run the ropes if they scare you. Don't do it. And maybe, maybe you don't fear running the ropes. Maybe you just fear that there's a crappy ring in the building tonight and you don't want to and you're scared of it. Well then stay off of them, guys. Don't show fear and timidly run into those ropes or the corners. I mean, I've seen guys get Irish whipped into the corner and just halfway stumble into it. Guys, Full send. You got to go for it. Show no fear. Do the thing, man. You are your own stunt double, your own crash dummy, your own whatever. Just go for it, guys. You got to do it. So no fear in your promos, no fear in your storylines, no fear in your movements in the matches. All right? Be safe. Show no fear. All right, number four. Here's one that – this is another one of those old school things. But um, I'm going to tell you number four is funny makes money. And that is the opposite of what – used to always be said because some older veterans would always say this is a class i used to hear this all the time coming up in wrestling was funny doesn't make money period mm-hmm. funny don't make money and now it's 2022 guys and we've learned that saying that saying is not true wrestlers have made a living off of being comedy characters from santino morella and on i mean even even bigger names like mankind mick yeah. foley added comedy in their performance kurt angle edge the rock mm-hmm. great success with adding more comedy into their characters. Guys, those are just layers. Those are more layers that you have to give you more options so you can perform anywhere 
with anyone. I loved being able to perform with like the funnier wrestlers. It was such a, because it would be such a, a step. And I think that's where some people come. They're like, it's out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And for me, for whatever reason, I, I just embraced it. I loved it. I, I loved doing something different one night. Like, like instead of just having that serious, like, like, like last man standing confrontation, you're going to have something funnier and lighter to do. And it all plays a place on the card, guys. Mm-hmm. It's all, that's what, that's why pro wrestling is the greatest variety show on earth. Yeah. You get a little bit of drama. You get a little bit of comedy. You get a little bit of darkness, uh, seriousness, competitive stuff like brawling. I love it all, guys. So funny can make money. Trust me. You need to, you know, be quality. Look at some guys. My favorite comedy wrestler of all time is a Japanese wrestler called Kikutaro. And he's actually been to Tulsa. So some of you Tulsa fans or some of you local people around us in Oklahoma have probably seen him. But Kikutaro did a whole tour here in a local pro wrestling company. I love these hilarious comedy Japanese wrestler. Can't speak any English and was the most entertaining thing on every show I ever saw him at. His comedy was his language. Like it was the universal language that translated to everyone. So think about a funny wrestler. There's a, there's a, he's been on AEW. There's a wrestler named Colt Cabana here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, Gone to Japan, used his, he can't speak Japanese at all. Goes to Japan, uses his comedy, fans love it. So it can be another bridge in that universal language of wrestling is using your comedy. I I can't remember the wrestler's name, but it was, he was dressed up as a superhero and it was green. Who was that? um, Um, The Hurricane? Yeah, the Hurricane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he was underdog, but had a lot of comedy in there too. Like, I mean, he had both of those things kind of combined. I loved him. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got a really good podcast himself. Like, there's a, uh, he's he's got a super great mind for wrestling, but he, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, super entertaining, lots of comedy. I absolutely love it. Actually, thinking about it with my boys, when mm-hmm. I take my boys, those are the ones they remember the most. Of course, the yeah. Ones. There was one where a guy got a pumpkin, put like a hollowed out pumpkin, put on his head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, then kicked. But they thought it was funny as the wrestler stumbling around with the pumpkin on his oh, head. Oh yeah, mean, that was it. That's, it. that's what they remembered. Yeah, like, yeah. Heck yeah, I love it, man. I love a good comedy performance. Uh, I love it when they're blended together in the actual matches and stuff. Like yeah, and that was a good match. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't all comedy all the time. It had right. those, those had little pieces, but it, yeah, yes. it was really good. It's freaking awesome. I love it. All right, guys. So funny can make money. I got one more for you here. Let's talk about it because this is the one that's going to be uh, the hardest for some people to digest. But. Uh, Talk good, all right? I want you to talk better. I want you to learn and practice and be skillful at your speaking. And that's not just promos, but that's a big part of it. It's a major part of it. It's also in doing what I said earlier. When you go out and you mingle with the fans before, after, during the show, whatever. Um, you know, I know that some of you are going to say this is the hardest one, and you're going to be absolutely right, okay? I get it. Um, you got to learn to speak, though. Um, we got multiple episodes in the archives of this very podcast on yeah. crafting the perfect pro wrestling promo start to finish. I got an episode in the archives where I fix your promo in 10 minutes or less. Like that, Go look those up, guys. Those are freaking fantastic episodes. They've helped a lot of people. So if you're new to the podcast, I know we got lots of new listeners. Go back and find those if you did not. Um, there, there's one, a really early episode called Crafting the Perfect Pro Wrestling Promo. Guys, listen to that one. It is freaking awesome. Lots of good feedback on that one. Um, you know, speaking in pro wrestling cannot be understated. Guys, you're even going to talk during your matches sometimes to the crowd. Like you're going to sometimes have to communicate to the crowd during your matches. Um, this is how you get more of your personality to the masses, guys, and establish what type of person you actually are. Because yeah. your, your promos, especially on social media, like we've said before, you have to. You can utilize social media because every promoter on the planet, dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of promotions across the country 
need content for their social media. You got TikTok, you got Instagram, you got mm -hmm. Facebook and more. They all need content. You think anybody's gonna turn away you offering free content, plugging their show, plugging their champion, plugging you if you are their champion. They're gonna love having that content out there. Just be good to them, tag their promotion and all that stuff and uh, learn to talk guys. Practice in front of the mirror. Look in the mirror, look at your mannerisms, look at your facial expressions. Practice being loud. Practice being quiet. Practice being good, being bad. Say the same thing in a different tone. Yeah. Practice it. Record yourself and rewatch it, guys. If you're driving long distances in a car alone, do it into your rearview mirror. If you're driving long distances with some buddies, practice on them in the back seat, in the front seat, whatever. Learn to talk, guys. You can never have too much quality speaking ability in pro wrestling so yeah. I think one of the best the, one of the tips that you gave on the podcast mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it was but it was like I think it, just, it was just off the cuff like man shoot a promo on that uh, like yeah. coke can over there right, right? Like, yeah, yeah yeah I mean you can yeah. you can do it with anything you know what though um, being able to talk the number two was be present uh, for the fans and yeah if you're out there with the fans yep. I think probably an approach on how you're going to talk to them would absolutely be to go in with that too going out into the crowd um, or into the, the ticket line or whatever before a show or maybe your match is after intermission if you're lucky and you can go interact with the fans during intermission you can get a much better idea for what they're there for like if you start to realize like oh crap these people love um, they don't really care about pile drivers they just like punches like they like people getting punched in the mouth they're loving that mm -hmm. and they're not really reacting to power bombs that's great. Change up your plan, guys. Yeah. If you got a plan and then you find out, you know, just by either watching the show because you're later in the night or by talking to people earlier in the day that these people are here for like a brawl atmosphere and maybe you fight more on the floor around the ring and do less moves in the ring. That might be an easier night for you. So talking to them, get more information, learn them, endear yourself to them, figure out what you need to do during the show. Um, this is just like information coming into a computer to create an algorithm for you to have an awesome match. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, guys. So learn to talk, listen to those episodes, talk to your fans, and just get better, guys. That's, that's, that's all you can do is practice, practice, practice. But um, no pro wrestler is ever going to say, like, nah, talking's not really important. This, uh, even the worst talkers are like, I wish I would have been better at talking. Yeah. Like, you know, so absolutely, guys. Well, I think those are some pretty awesome tips. What do you think? Man, I Good love stuff. it. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. The, yeah. the five great points. Yeah, the yeah. stuff before that, For great sure. as well. So I think yeah. it's going to be a, a good episode. Added even more. I probably could have broke those into two, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit more today, and we're still around that half hour mark, so that works for me. Guys, thank you so much. Please head on over to YouTube. we got some cool stuff. we got some yeah. new videos dropping very soon. Um, I want you to check that out. We're at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Please go subscribe. Click the bell. Um, I did some flip bumps for you guys, and my back's been hurting forever, so please go watch those videos and enjoy them. No, seriously, it was really great. I don't take many bumps nowadays, so um, it's nice to get back in the ring every so often and make sure that I can still do it. That's why I live an active lifestyle, so I can still get in there and, and throw down with some of you guys if, if ever need to in training. So They look good to me, man. They're very good. They felt okay. <laughs> But head on over to YouTube, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.